Welcome to episode number 124 of Tactical Crouch uh, Countdown Cup Tournament Weekend coming up. We're going to be previewing it on this episode. Kick Tripod and Volmel here. We got a special guest. On Monday, we had Yeah, and now we're bringing on uh, that we call, he's like, just call me the stats guy. Uh, but this is somebody who has put together, you know, the awesome spreadsheets and stuff that we have every week so that we can kind of communicate what we're talking about. And I don't need to spend 20 hours in Photoshop every week to be able to do that. Uh, well, that was all designed and put together, uh, by this guy. It's, uh, Eric. Welcome to the show, dude. Woo! Yeah. Well, thank and you. Thank you. From behind the curtain. From behind the curtain uh, to the spotlight. Big brain. Large noggin. That's right. And I also uh, run a bunch of stats for Yiska's article, so he'll mention me here and there. And uh, <laughs> now that he's on vacation, or for his, does he pay work. you in clout dollars? You know how like the Scrimbuck stock exchange exists with like the juice dollars. Does he like pay you in like exposure? Are you really asking? Not at all. No, I would not at all. That. Very good. Very good. <laughs> Cheers. Um, awesome. Well, hey man, it's it's so exciting to have you on here. When um, you poked me this morning, I was like, duh. Why don't we have Eric mm. on? And um, there's there's actually a lot that Joe and I can learn from you on this. We were even talking before the show about uh, all the implications of um, this week's results. And so we're going to go into that. But I, I honestly do just kind of want to like hear a little bit more. How did you get to where you are now as being somebody who's you know, you're super into Overwatch and Overwatch League? You're super into stats. How did that happen? Oh, sure. Uh, I've got a background in traditional sports, followed traditional sports for quite a while. I first wanted to beat my friends in fantasy leagues, so uh, I started building spreadsheets to that end. I uh, did some betting uh, back in the day on, on that stuff, so I think probabilistically and build models to, to forecast uh, season-long stuff. And more Overwatch League came around. It was a great opportunity to apply that to a different sport um, uh, in a market where uh, there were very few people stats people touched it yet so it's mm -hmm. fun doing that stuff watching elo rankings you know following captain planets material i i love that stuff it's great and uh then building my own models to forecast the remainder of the season try to bring up points that analysts might look past like strengths of schedule yeah i mean i think you've been have you have you been doing all right on that on the on the betting and stuff this this year with all the craziness going on have you well, actually, I do not bet in a Wars League. Uh, I do track the market. I do track the odds, and I think we use those for the odds we project on mm -hmm. the, the coming matches. Uh, but uh, as America, it's difficult to do that, and I wanted to prove, build a track record first to see how beatable the Overwatch League was. And so uh, uh, maybe we'll have content on that later. I don't know. But I, I, right now, I can say it's pretty tough to beat the market, but inside information certainly helps, uh, and it is a beatable market. From my early results. Yep. Nice. Well, I'm I'm excited to follow that. I know um, you know, every feels like every month we get something new about uh esports betting being legal in the United States. They already take it, I think in in Vegas, right? You can bet on esports, I know. And I, think I know in some other Atlantic City, I think you can. I think there's some other I places that Vegas have like is. passed legislation to like technically yeah. build the infrastructure to make it legal and like it's it's all over the map. So 
Oh, yeah. And it's very popular in Europe and uh, European fans and friends uh, do occasionally dabble in it. So it's exciting to see how, see how well people, the public predicts against the betting markets and uh, see what, you know, how close that is to reality. That's kind of interesting. Um, and something that you might be able to speak to. It seems like esports betting markets are pretty cooked. Like this is like there are some dumb odds kind of put <laughs> forth. Like some of them are just like normal but we've like kind of like looked at them on the show sometimes and it's like in what world did you kind of come to this conclusion usually they're pretty all right but it's like very obvious at least to me that it's pretty algorithmic like is that something like do you do you kind of sympathize with that is that like a, along the same lines as where you're thinking or like do you think that somebody actually does go through this or they like hire some sort of like expert to kind of like help them build out like their model well, certainly they are experts and they have a broad uh, experience with regular sports and how to mm. price those. Um, sometimes uh, budding markets will tend towards, you know, uh, make the prices favor- favorable to uh, the uh, public underdoggers of some team the public doesn't like. You know, mm. so you're, uh, people are betting on the Patriots all the time in football, um, but the the odds might be shaded against them a bit to maximize the, the book's profit. The market. amount of like... The amount of players in the pool right like you don't want just to like always have the correct odds like you want to give people a reason to play that kind of idea yeah exactly and okay. i think we'll talk to that and a bracket building too yeah. later today for sure nice let's do that let's jump right in i think uh you're gonna get a lot of eric's expertise in this episode because there's so much uh to Certainly. talk about and break down um, with this, and let's actually go into um, the first one. I'm going to open up the Eric spreadsheet for a second, and we're going to go and check out um, the current. I'm going to get rid of the brackets for a second, and we're going to check out the current um, race uh, for uh, how everything is looking so far. So we've got that up and running. Uh, Eric, let's uh, let's talk about um, Asia first. Like, what what here in in the Asia bracket, the Asia race, which is these bottom seven, uh, these bottom seven rows here. What is uh, really standing out to you here? Yeah, let's talk about this in general. I think when you uh, look at the countdown cup coming up, uh, one of the big rewards for winning it is bonus wins in the standings. And those bonus wins can be very important uh, because it could launch your team above a certain breakpoint. And these breakpoints are determined by the season playoff format. So in Asia, uh, the sixth and seventh seed have to play two single elimination rounds to get to double elimination bracket. So uh, the sixth seed is far worse than the five seed because you get to play the Chengdu Hunters in a coin flip, right? Doesn't sound very appealing. So there's a big fight for uh, those teams, the Spark, the Dynasty, and the Spitfire to avoid that sixth seed. So getting a bonus win here is super important and all the better if they can get more. And those teams are all loaded on one side of the community countdown bracket. So one of those teams is getting two wins at least. Oh, snap. Uh, now, yeah. Uh, now, if at the top end of the bracket, the top two teams go directly to double elimination in the season playoffs. So there's a fight at the two-three seed uh, between the Charge and the Excelsior. The Excelsior really need bonus wins here to make them comp- competitive uh, for the two seed. Uh, that two seed. Uh, so the three seed. Uh, 
have to play a single elimination round. So if you lose that single elimination round in the season playoffs, you're out. You don't get a double elimination chance in that side. So, and, uh, so uh, the community mm -hmm. countdown wins, bonus wins, are very important for those teams. And mm -hmm. also the Shanghai Dragons, and you look at the overall picture uh, for the season standings, going into the final four of the season and playoffs, uh, the number one overall seed there by the total league will get map pick choice, first map pick choice. Mm. So that's important for the Shanghai Dragons. Oh, dang. When it comes to like just a semifinals appearance, who would you say is the, uh, who, who is gunning for at least this first win when it comes to the countdown cup? Like if, if there was a team specifically in Asia that needs to win this first match to like keep a strong playoff chance alive, whether that's, you know, dodging the best of one intro, um, making it into the double elimination side, like who who is the best seeded or, or not the best seeded, but who wants to get that first win in the countdown cup? Like who who just needs that one that that one given win by getting to the semis? To me, the most desperation comes out of New York. I mean, okay. they had title aspirations at the beginning of the season. And you look at them, uh, they are in a really tough part of the bracket because they mm. have the Charge and the Shanghai Dragons right ahead of them. But if they beat them, that also means those teams aren't gaining bonus wins that New York is accumulating. So right. uh, they can really use this as a catch-up mechanic to get to that number two seed uh, and you know put the ch uh, Charge at risk of a single elimination in the season playoffs. That's very true. I hadn't even thought that, like, obviously winning against the charge kind of puts them at a disadvantage because they can't score those extra wins. So, yeah, no, that 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 definitely kind of checks out. Um, do you think? And again, maybe it's my bias showing. Maybe maybe I am having a little bit of faith. We'll get to that in the the, the bracket show. But with Chengdu, I know that that's again fan favorite. Want they everybody wants to see this team succeed for the most part. Usher me um, or Kenobi or Yiska. So if they do make this this finals run, they don't win, but they make a finals run and they get like these two wins. How does that necessarily like kind of position them going into the playoffs? Because obviously their the regular season is over. Uh, to be frank, they're screwed. Uh, oh, they very get good. If they get two wins, they're at nine. Yeah. Uh, and uh, the Spitfire and Dynasty have five more games remaining. Uh, so there's not much of a, a chance. I mean, everybody has a chance in the playoffs. Everybody can get there. But they still have to go through like a pretty difficult, like you have to go through the best of one, then go into the double elimination, then kind of play from there, right? They're buried six feet under. Yeah, they'd be digging yeah, out true. from that. Mm -hmm. Well, games mostly single limb. Ye of little faith. There's space on this side of the pool. Come join me. The water is warm. There's pina coladas. Everybody loves those. Come on. <laughs> okay, chill. Um, it ain't happening, folks. It ain't happening. So, uh, anything else really interesting on the the Asia side, or should we jump over to I, the NA side? I did kind of want to ask Eric in general, like his thoughts on the. Because Asia is such a small pool of teams, does it feel right to kind of give them the equivalent reward system that NA does or like to give or to not balance it based on number of teams in the pool? Because like already with with a couple of the questions asked, you can start to see just 
one team needs one win to get added wins where in na you need multiple wins to even get in striking distance of adding these wins do you kind of wish that the league would change this or obviously this probably won't necessarily have to happen in the future but do you think that that would have like would you like that to be altered rather uh I think they did a pretty good job. Uh, generally, because the Asia has got fewer teams, there's a, a certainly a less opportunity, or there's uh, less teams to jump over. But mm. the double elimination portion for them is the last four teams in Asia versus the last eight in NA. Mm. That's fair. That's fair. So otherwise, John, I'd say the the exciting race is Spark, Dynasty, and Spitfire. Uh, they're just battling out to avoid that sixth or seventh seed, that uh, second limb, uh, single limb game. So that's an exciting race right there. And that's, again, kind of specifically talking about like the end of season playoff race, like positioning Correct. the best you can to have the easiest road to like kind of have that Cinderella run. You want that like fifth to sixth seed, if, if I'm kind of understanding it correctly. You want to avoid the sixth seed as best as possible, okay. six or seven. Six is not. Because you have the Two double. Clubs, yeah. yeah. Gotcha. Um, so, and I also noticed too that the Spitfire play the Dynasty three times over their next five, right? So that's also probably going to be hugely indicative. Uh, Spark only have one match left, and that's against um, the Dynasty. And then the Dynasty and Spitfire are going to play three times uh, over the next five games. I, I, I have a feeling. Just getting. I have a feeling that's going to be a pretty big that series whatever it ends up being is going to have a really big implication on how these two teams finish. Oh, you're right. And two of those games are next weekend where they play twice a Friday and a Sunday. Interesting. So got like, I, I hate the logistics of this, but it's like, what can you do? Yeah. You, you hate to see it. It happens, but I, I will get to it when it happens, but it, it's a little sad to see soul just kind of get wrung out by the end of the season. But COVID, COVID, uh, COVID happened, and uh, here we are. So, shall right. we to NA? So yeah. So big takeaways here, uh, chat. Make sure to watch the four, fifth, and sixth uh, place teams right now in Asia. They're going at it. They're battling. Everybody else is kind of locked in. They're trying to not mm. face the hunters. Why would you want to face the hunters? Let's be real. Um, it's true. It's it, and, and so when you say it's a coin flip, you. Do you say that just because of the um, the kind of elusiveness of preparing for and uh, consistent results against Chengdu? Yeah, and uh, generally you look at the ELO ratings, the chess rating that uh, you can cal calculate for Overwatch teams. They're about the same. So if you or the betting odds, I would guess, would be very similar, about 50-50. So, yeah, I see that as a coin flip for those matches. Makes I I think that's fair. I think that makes sense. I wouldn't want to go against Chengdu, just period. Oh, I certainly yeah. If if you were to put me in charge of a team and I could pick my opponent, yeah, I'd certainly probably wouldn't be Chengdu. That's for sure. So let's let's flip over to the NA side, Eric. What should we be looking uh, forward to on the NA side of this? Well, the NA side, uh, the key breakpoints are between the fifth and sixth seed and the ninth and 10th seed. Uh, now, the ninth and 10th seed is pretty well defined. It looks like the outlaws are stuck at 10 and we'll have to play two single elimination rounds to advance a double one. Uh, and uh, unless there's a 
big streak, uh, a poor streak for the fuel or defiant, and mm -hmm. the outlaws go far in this tournament. Uh, on the 5-6 seed, uh, the top five seeds are guaranteed the double lemon bracket for season playoffs. Okay. Uh, and so the Valiant and Rain are at the borderline there. Uh, the Valiant can really make some strides and catch up to the Rain with uh, some success this weekend and a Rain failure. Do we know, not to completely jump back to, to Houston, but is Houston's regular season over? They don't have any makeup games, correct? Correct. They have zero games okay. remaining, as displayed on screen. And let's say uh, the Rain have four, Valiant three. Uh, yeah. So there's there's really no. It's not necessarily in Houston's hands, let's say, to like kind of squeak into like top five discussion. Well, certainly they they if they run the table this weekend, sure. <laughs> like that at least like gets them there, and then it's just kind of up to like other teams dropping. Correct. Uh, right. If they run the table okay. this weekend, win the championship for the cu Countdown Cup, they're uh, most likely in the six to nine seed or possibly in the six to nine seed bracket where they miss one single elimination game, but still have to play one okay. single elimination game to get to season playoffs double win. Did mm. we talk about this? I think we talked about this on pre-show or off air that we're not we don't totally know. It's been hard to find um, if how. How, how the seating there. is uh we we think it's we know it's based on we think it's based on map wins or not map wins sorry match wins so right now but, the screen we're looking at on the, the the video portion of the podcast is showing a win percentage and that's how it's ranked here mm, it looks okay. like the owl website is instead ranked by wins number of wins and number of map differential. Uh, so not considering losses or percentage by that. Mm. Now, I haven't read the tiebreakers uh, recently, so please forgive me. Oh, but yeah. Uh, yeah, there's some there's... slight dif discrepancy, but For generally sure. I think this is pretty close to what you'll see at the outstandings. I would I'd put my money on it. I would say. Yeah. Um, so let's uh let's so uh is there anything else on NA? NA feels a little bit more straightforward. Um it's it's grueling, but I think far less I don't want to say far less punishing, but the the they don't have to play Chengdu, right? <laughs> is what it is. They, they don't have to play Chengdu, so it's like a little bit more in their hands. Yeah, it's yeah. not it's not completely as chaotic as Asia, I think it's a little bit more stratified where it's like the top four teams are in that top five discussion. They're kind of locked in like there's really no no argument there. I think the interesting kind of thing comes in with Valiant Rain. Where they could squeak in to the fifth seed who, again, correct me if I'm wrong, will get they buy into the double elimination portion. So that's like, again, like that's a pretty strong push so them doing well specifically within this countdown cup and obviously any count or uh, makeup games they have to kind of go through next week is going to be pretty imperative um and with rain looking a little bit better valiant kind of surprising with ksf doing as well as he did last week like both teams have a pretty pretty good chance like this isn't completely out of the out of the out of the books 
And let's talk about briefly the top teams here, that uh, Fusion, Shock, Eternal Mayhem. Mm -hmm. They're in battles for their own positioning. Number one currently on these standings shown is belongs to the Fusion, uh, though uh, they have a game against Shock. Shock can take over that number one spot. And mm -hmm. um, bonus wins here will will definitely help the you know finalize the seedings for NA and give you map picks, opponent picks uh, to give you advantages there. So it is pretty close between the Shock and Fusion and the Eternal and Mayhem. And uh, you know having a third seed is probably better uh, to avoid the top team and probably the Shock mm. a little longer in the playoffs. And you get to pick an opponent first. So it doesn't feel as as like I definitely like align with that. But this season in particular, it's like, is the second seed that much worse than the first seed? It's it's a tough race in NA specifically. That's like, OK, let's say you're Florida. You lock in that third seed. You have to play the Paris Eternal. It's like, is that much better than playing the shock? Like, it's it's not as like it's not as good as, let's say, Asia, where it's like, OK, cool. I'd much rather play the charge than the dragons. Like, I think we'd all agree with that. NA, it's I want to play the Florida Mayhem. And again, shout out to Albert. Just had him on. Great team, but noticeably different from that top three kind of bunch where it's like you you definitely are within that top caliber of team, like the championship kind of contender. But you're the gatekeeper, like you are the the the, the, the water line of getting into this pack. So it's like that's like the only team that I could like see like. You, you'd want to kind of like game this system, right? Not saying that teams will, but if you were to pick. I want to play Florida. I just heard a car crash outside. Sorry. That's that was terrifying. I'll make sure everyone's okay. Sounded loud. Continue. Yeah, no. Continue. So within regards to NA, who do you think out of the Valiant in the rain has the best chance to do anything? Well, interesting question. Uh, with the Genshi nerfs, you might think higher the Valiant, uh, but the pole, right now, I'd say the pole position of the five seed is the Rain, and uh, I think those the benefit will accrue. Uh, and uh, being the five seed, it, it, basically you open the playoffs against the four seed, the season mm -hmm. playoffs. The, the right now, the Mayhem, and that seems to be the spot you want to be in. I think it just feels that way. Yeah, most certainly. Again kind of going back to like that top four discussion that that is the team you'd want to face. And it's kind of funny that it, if brackets play out, which we'll get to um, in NA as we kind of, I think most of us think they will. There's a really high likely chance or there's, there's a high possibility that Atlanta plays for it anyways in the countdown cup. So it's like this continued narrative, like, okay, you play them here. You might end up playing them in playoffs. What does that look like? It's it's pretty it's pretty surprising to see like so many repeated matches, but that could just be COVID. Um, it's a rivalry. I'm not mad thing. At yeah. It's like a the peach versus the orange, the battle of the American South, right there. <laughs> peach versus the orange. I mean, yeah, technically, I guess Atlanta, big big with the not something that I kind of really like was aware of, but like on the jerseys, apparently Baby Bay was all about it. He's now on phase, you know, shout outs to him. Big things expected. We'll, we'll get to him on Friday, but yeah, NA is NA is in an interesting spot. What talk to me about Toronto, sure, kind of a team uh, that like might peak, might do okay. 
play. Yeah, the the teams with downside here are probably the Fuel Defiant. Those are the ones that are at slight risk of dropping to the tenth seed and going to two mm. single elimination matches. So okay. uh, the Fuel has been up in fire recently. There a lot of changes there. You yeah. don't know what's kind of come out of that org this weekend. Uh, and your guess, is best, your, your best is your guess is about as good as mine. It is, uh, yeah, fire is is a good way to put it. And uh, the Defiant, yeah, we'll see what Defiant shows up this weekend. Uh, mm. it, it, I think both those teams will be in the sixth or seventh range, or sixth and okay. ninth range, but will be early picks uh, when the, the top five get to get the feed. Interesting, Defiant. I hadn't even thought of the the Genji nerfs coming into this weekend, but it's I'm, I believe that that's probably the patch that they're going to be playing on, and I uh, don't. Uh, there were, yeah, I can correct you there. The, yeah. the Genji nerfs will be post this tournament. Oh, okay. So this is this is after. Okay. Even still, like that's a, that's a pretty interesting kind of talking point when you look at a team like the Defiant, when you look at a team or or, or teams like Valiant or Outlaws who like don't necessarily have a strong genji and have found like very useful and like kind of creative ways around it um houston probably in particular who in, i've kind of talked about on the show a little bit has this kind of like chung do factor to them where they can be a little wily they can be a little creative so like do i want to face the houston outlaws in two best of ones probably not right probably not i don't want to deal with hydration ball and dante on the sombra i don't i don't want to see what their their looks are post genji it's it's not easy so even though houston probably are going to be within this like double elim or not double elim but like double single elimination kind of bracket run at that 10th seed again a dangerous team a dark horse team that is it probably will do some upsetting and probably won't make it the double elimination side of things i just witnessed the weirdest thing okay. i'm going to derail the podcast for it uh Shoot. so i Don't heard a car it. crash outside right so mm. i'm like holy crap it sounded pretty bad so run out katie's already looking out the window and uh car shirt off like crashed into a bench and then into another building right so we're like weird and then not 10 not as long like by the time i got up and over to the window which is probably about 15 seconds Mm -hmm. Um, this white sedan rolls up, stops. The people get out of the car that just crashed. They get in the white sedan and go away. And now it's just, the car, the car is just left there, crashed into the side of a building with nobody. Like there's people calling the cops and it's like, it's, it crashed into like a place of business. There's like a pizza joint across the street. Mm. And... I need to know. That's bizarre. What is going on? I'm, my mind is blown a little bit here. Yeah, hmm. I don't know. I like that's that's my guess. Is like, is it stolen or are they like? Because they had to be traveling together ish. I'd I imagine so. I don't oh. think you just jump into somebody's. I don't know. White don't sedan. Know. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it was like Ram, like, oh, hey, they're stopped for me. I must want to yeah. you know, like, get they get out. Hmm. Oh, man. Strange. Okay, well, that's story time. I'll let you know 
next week's podcast. Yeah, let me know how transpires. the story develops. All right. Yes. Okay, sorry. That was so weird. I just left in the middle of the show. It was like, there's a car crash outside. And uh, yeah, it's I'm an NPC in GTA Online. What's that? There's a Ryan Reynolds movie coming out about being like a save guy or something like that. That's uh, He's like a... He's an NPC in a video game that becomes self-aware. Is going to be safe. All right. Maybe. This is this is the hard part about being on a podcast, Eric, is that sometimes <laughs> you just got to you got to deal with the cards that are dealt. Mm. Yeah, and usually it's Jessica. It's true. true. Very very true. Science There's a lady shouting stuff. at the cop and I wish cars would stop driving so I can hear. <laughs> That's Katie. Katie's going to send us updates in Twitch chat. As we go through uh, the car wreck that is Yiska's NA bracket. Not that bad. But you see what I did there, though? Pretty, did you see what I did there, it. though? Oh, I saw. Clap, clap, clap. All right. Uh, are we ready to go to the NA, uh, to the NA bracket? Um, I think so. The, uh, yeah. Cool, so. let's do it. Um, let's, 2NA. Let's, 2NA, let me get the brackets out over here. Got some spicy takes coming. Hope everybody's ready for a little bit of heat. All right. All kinds of ways. I'm interested to see what where Eric's head's at on a couple of these, but yeah. regardless. So let us go. So what I'm going to do, I don't have this for the Asia bracket, but I do for the NA bracket so we can kind of see together. We're going to actually be able to see who everyone picks. Mm. Um, so let me show, I'll just show the whole first row here. Boom. There it is. So Atlanta rain versus Vancouver Titan Tartans, uh, Titans, uh, on the very top. Everybody agrees Atlanta rain. Uh, not, not, not a whole lot to, I think, extrapolate there. Maybe. No, unfortunately, I think Titans probably. I'd like to see if I could change the bracket. I, I'd like to see Titans versus Fuel or like maybe Titans Justice. Just because I think like they probably would have a chance. Um, and it's not to say that like Titans are like abysmal, like they're definitely not like the worst team in the league have gotten. They definitely have improved over the course of the season after they're kind of, you know, emergency rebuild but them over the rain is a tough ask like that is not something that is going to be easy the market has it at 80 20 uh, atlanta favored so and i i agree maybe a little higher than that so i would agree yeah i think that makes sense um at the same time um atlanta has yet to find the bottom of how it can disappoint me and this would be another great example of just how Atlanta can let me down. Uh, next but one. They're again, okay. not a team that like just loses to like bottom teams. Again, they like, don't, they're consistently worse yes. than the best team and consistently better than the worst teams. And even the middle teams. hundred percent. The most like, they're, they're, they if are you know, their own little bubble, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't know if I'd I'd give them the same kind of treatment as Chung do, but yeah, I would agree. Like feeling wise, like you know what you're gonna get with Atlanta. They're not gonna surprise you. They're not gonna lose to the Titans, but they certainly aren't gonna be the shock. So it's they'll probably win this and then lose in in a round of eight. Yeah, whatever it would be, the quarters. So 
Um, let's go on to the next one then. This one has a little spice on it. LA Glad mm. or LA Valiant versus the Houston Outlaws. And uh, Joe Yiska and I have learned from our trust the Outlaws pass, and we've gone away here on this one. I've gone with the LA Valiant. But Eric, you have uh, chosen the Houston Outlaws here. Mm-hmm. Uh, explain thyself. I have a dream uh, okay. as a coach, not not a main tank. <laughs> uh, the market odds had it at 65-35 in favor of the Valiant, but uh, mm-hmm. the last game we saw, it went to Lijong, a really tight map five. Uh, that didn't look like a 65-35 to me. I think this is closer to a coin flip, and therefore decided to side with Houston in this. That's fair. Yeah. I, I definitely think this is a whole lot closer. Um, the only thing that's kind of like swayed me is like the confidence factor coming in where Houston has failed multiple like game five scenarios. And I'm not saying that they will have it in their heads that it kind of looms over them like a shadow, but the Valiant don't have to even have that question. They're probably coming in with some confidence. We just beat this team. Granted, it wasn't the closest game. Like you're saying, like it's it's not the cleanest game of Overwatch we've ever seen, but I don't think that that's going to weigh on them. If anything, like you could kind of give them a little bit of credit there. Um, but yeah, I, I do think that this could go either way. My favor is with the Valiant, though. Yep. So uh, same, same for me. Um, I just, I can't do it. I think I bought, I bought into Yiska's coach of the year article. I think a little too much this week. Maybe that's it. Oh, Maybe yeah. that's what put me over. Um, but yeah, let's, uh, let's go to Dallas versus Washington. we got a split here. Uh, Eric and I have decided that in a post decay Dallas fuel, there's no, there's no reason for hope stop uh however uh joe and yiska are still Come confident on, in a goose. in a coachless dallas without a decay what do you mean coachless if young head coachless ticket is gone oh but yes. sure they'll just won't skip a beat uh, they can beat the justice it's the justice it and they didn't even look that bad last week. I mean, like, yeah, Atlanta was rough, but their game versus Philly genuinely gave me a little bit of hope that they were doing some interesting things with Ana. I do think their double shield needs work. I don't think like Decay, like we kind of talked about Monday, I don't think Decay leaving or, you know, whatever is going to affect them any more than it already has. So I don't think like this is going to get worse. I don't think, and again, like from what Didn't you, you just talk about morale and all that kind of stuff, and like you know, well, I mean, versus their... teams that just played these. Every, this is this is old news. Like we're just getting this publicly. This is this is done and gone. Like I don't think that this is going to affect them any more than it already has, because this this isn't just like this isn't spur of the moment. This isn't last week. This like this is this is from like not months ago, but the decay I, part. I don't sure. expect this. I think the coaching staff as well. I don't think that from what you can take from a lot of these um, Dallas morning news posts, like you can tell that like the coaching staff has been like kind of away. This is the, like, I think the, this, the coaching staff that they're coming into the countdown cup with, I'm guessing has had time to work with this team and has had time to like establish kind of like the ideas going into this kind of have to, have people bought in a little bit 
hopefully. Hopefully that hasn't gone by the wayside with their performance last week. Again, I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't hold anything against Dallas with losing against the Fusion and Atlanta Reign. Again, two teams that they should lose to. Maybe not in such a decisive fashion, specifically with Atlanta. Again, I, I have to forfeit that. That was not a great performance at all. Um, I think Atlanta was probably just... It felt like Atlanta was very, very prepared with how they were positioning specifically on Gibraltar with the Junkrat cops on control. Like they had a weird look into Dallas. And when you saw them get off those first two maps post halftime, Dallas did kind of look a lot better. I think Dallas is showing a lot of strength with how quickly they're playing. We talked about tempo on Monday. I think Dallas is showing that increase in tempo. And I like a lot of what they're, what specifically Crimzo has done. I think he had. A shaky performance, a but he's doing spot, some good sure. things. Yeah, I don't think I don't think losing decay and like the narrative around that right now should affect them. Maybe it will. Maybe like the public backlash now that it is public, maybe weighs down on them. Maybe hard that I. It's not a fun time to be a fuel on. fan. I can tell you that, or to be a fuel player, I would. Uh, I think I could safely say that much. Probably, like, I will take Washington Justice with a strong performance against Paris and beating Houston over the two matches that you just discussed for uh, Dallas any day, honestly. Uh, but Eric, mm -hmm. I want to hear your thoughts because you're on my side and you're probably much more well-reasoned than I am. Well, yeah, I was following the betting market odds on this one. It shifted certainly to like uh, towards Washington's uh, favor. or not, Did it really? Not favor. It shifted towards Washington. It's still 60-40 oh, okay. Dallas favored in the markets. Yeah. Um, but with the momentum, I just felt like uh, it, Washington was a good up, upset pick, I think, relative to the expectations here. Uh, I, there's not much weighing them down. It looks like uh, they're still trying very hard, practicing very hard for the season. For it sure. means something to them. So uh, I just went with uh, Washington. I mean, I just don't see the moment. I, maybe that's where I'm just losing the, the argument is like, I just don't see the momentum. Like I get like Genji. I, I could see that. Like they're not as bad as they once were. Tubon the Genji has been like a bright spot for them, but this is not this is not a like a strong team. And to be fair, like neither is Dallas. So I don't know, maybe you, I think I'm swayed a little bit with the idea that maybe the players are like affected from like the backlash now that all the info is public. But at least on their face, I don't know. It's tough for me to bet anything with Washington. Well, I think we'll when we show the brackets, we'll agree this team. These teams are playing Sunday. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd be. I'd mauled. I'd lose the rest of my hair if, if that was the case. Yeah, this is one of those. I think this is those one of those upsets. I think that I, I do agree that. Um, that if if everything did not transpire this past week, I probably would have like 57, 58 Dallas on it. I don't think it's a big one at all. I think, I think uh, Washington are better than um, you're, you're seeing them for, but um, I, I think everything this week did put me over. I will admit. I will. Does admit. like the three O versus Toronto, like sway you at all. Granted, um, it's hero pools. I guess you can kind of hand wave that off, but I don't know. I don't think this was like a particularly strong week. A Taking a map off Paris helps, but a, a Toronto that just came off of like a huge overperformance in uh, or whatever a, a huge performance in uh, Summer Showdown. 
Um, maybe yeah. some momentum, and then they get smacked back to reality. Mm. Okay. If we're talking about momentum, I don't, I don't think that that's a, I don't think that's a storyline to just like to totally um, discredit that. You know, Toronto did surprisingly well. They came back in. They played a Washington Justice that I do think started to come online against Florida, of all people. Um, mm. and then have kind of started over this, the last three weeks kind of trending, uh, or not three weeks, I guess, two weeks, um, kind of trending a little bit mm. towards, but that's, uh, that's me. That's one of those gut reads that I get right. Like 65% of the time. So take that as Another you will. one of those. Add that, add that to your spreadsheet, Eric. Um, <laughs> let's go. Uh, let's go to this last one. Defiant versus Gladiators. Nobody here believes, apparently, that uh, Lightning sl- strikes twice for Toronto and uh, expect them to go out in the knockout rounds. Um, I think this is probably the one game that I could see this happening. I didn't pick it, but if like you had to ask, like out of the round of 12, who's going to upset? Defiant probably has a good shot. If Glad's continue to like underperform, I'd give this like the highest odds out of all four matches of, of upset potential. Yeah. Defiant, not, not a bad, well, it's tough to, to not say that they're a bad team, but currently with Genji still in the meta, granted, we have seen some creative results to try and deal with that. We'll see if the gladiators want to perform with their, you know, pull that out. But I, I think Defiant still are positioned pretty well, just like a Justice could be, um, and technically kind of is. Um, yeah, if, if there's any any match to kind of see an upset, I would put my money on Defiant Glads. Interesting. It's against 70-30 odds, uh, and uh, it seems like the Defiant really wanted to avoid. <sighs> That's what I'm here for, right? The market's uh, so rough with Glads because it's like... They've trended down, but like you still want to put them forward. Like they're they don't feel like a good team. And I mean, neither does Toronto. I don't know. It's a tough one to call. I just don't. The market feels really. Uh, what is it again? Seventy thirty. That's right. Ah, oh, that feels so aggressive. Like, am I wrong in feeling that way though? Uh, well, on the selection show where they picked their opponents, uh, of course, Toronto didn't have the choice being the last seed, yeah. and they were given gladiators and Broy wasn't thrilled about it, or maybe it was just his German continent, <laughs> but he's in chat now. Maybe you can explain yourself, but, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it was, uh, obviously I think they were hoping for a, a little better performance and being able to select an easier opponent in the gladiators. I think the gladiators are pretty tough relative to the pool. Yeah. I mean. When you look at Justice, maybe even like Houston, I think Valiant looked good last week. Maybe even Titans being able to kind of slot in up there. That would have been probably uh, useful, but difficult. Um, yeah, Glads is not not an easy choice, but a doable one, if that makes sense. This is a team that, again, historically, within these last couple of weeks, within these last couple of months, rather, uh, has not lived up to expectations um this is a roster that i mean we've talked about it i don't i won't bang on the drum of you know boohoo glads but again not not the team we were expecting couldn't you say though that uh three of these four matches fit the criteria of doable 
so the bottom three so valiant outlaws fuel justice I would, I would say yeah um i'm still not sold with dallas justice i think that should be a lock like that would be a pretty big upset in my eyes um valiant outlaws definitely is is doable either way um i get less of a f i get that same feeling but like diluted with defiant glads i think there are good arguments either way glad should win this like 60 percent of the time i i'd probably put the 60 40 if if you were to ask me betting odds i don't I, I think gladiators have only trended downwards. I don't think like you can argue putting them 70%. Like that's very bullish, but again, I do like, think that that is, a I don't run a casino for glads. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's um, pretty aggressive. But at but. the same time, like I get, I get it. I get, I get like, it. If I'm trying to run a business, right. If I'm trying to run right, a casino. Right, right. Like I want to get you in. Like this is a game you might want to bet on you. Yeah. I give you a little bit of good odds. Maybe you bet. Maybe. I think, I think it's, I think it's an interesting game. It's one that I'm kind of excited about because I think Defiant could get it done. Not who I picked, but has a chance. Yeah. I think it's going to be the most exciting match of the day. I think that's something to look forward to at the end of the day. Ooh, you over Valiant Outlaws? You think? Ooh, that's right. Mm, close. I guess I Either way, close second. Exciting. I'm not um, mad at either of those. Yeah. I'm I, honestly, I'm. I'm excited for three of these four matches. Uh, I'm not really, I probably won't tune in for rain and Titans, honestly. Yeah. They are kind of like the least interesting teams. Not that well, I don't move forward. Yeah. Let's move yeah, forward. Don't worry. Let's uh, let's go to the, Oh no, the quarterfinals. Come on, please. Uh oh, I'll try not it's to, not I I don't necessarily know if we want to get hung up on like why the the top seeds picked them. I don't know if that's something maybe you're interested in talking about, Eric. But I don't. It's, yeah, it's I tough didn't to even call. like. I didn't even put like whose pick was what. So I just kind of yeah. broke it out because we did all kind of. There was most of an agreement. Basically, San Francisco. We all agreed picks the winner of Fuel and Justice. Right. Um. That's that is perceived as being the weakest seed. Mm. From there, um, it gets a little bit more muddy. So shock, go ahead. They they pick whoever wins between Dallas and Justice, number one. And then from number two, we have a smattering of um rain and um gladiators and valiant. Mm. There's we've basically there's only been a agreement. Um, on one of these teams, once in each of these, so it okay. gets it gets very basically nobody is nobody has a a general consensus on this. I have the bracket if we want to go there. It's on my other computer, but uh, let's let's go. So Joe went with Gladiators for the second pick. I went with Valiant for the second pick. Yiska went with Rain for the second pick. And then, um, so against Florida, against uh, so second pick. Okay. Right. So second pick would be, uh, eternal. Right. Right. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. So second pick, so, so Paris eternal of bottom of the bracket. Yeah. Bottom of the bracket. Yeah. It is Joe picks gladiators. I pick valiant. Yiska picks rain. 
Eric picks, picks gladiators. So, um, yeah. And then from there we have, uh, Joe picks valiant for whoever plays fusion. I pick mm. gladiators. Yiska picks valiant. And then, um, Eric chooses rain and then playing the mayhem. We have rain, rain, gladiators for Yiska. And Houston, Houston for Eric. You think Houston goes last in this one, mm. Eric? That's it. That's I think interesting to me. It's kind of interesting. Well, we all advanced the top four seeds, so I didn't put too much thought into this. That's fair. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, everybody, everybody agreed though that no matter who wins out of knockouts, Shock, mm. Mayhem, Fusion, and Eternal yeah. all advance. It really don't matter. Like who picks who because they're not they're not playing Sunday. We're just These we're just trying to see who up, understands yeah. the game theory the best for yeah. the teams and like it's kind of arbitrary. Mm. At the end of the day, Shock wins, Mayhem wins, Paris wins, and Field wins. Yeah. So it's I I would okay. So instead of just completely glossing over that, who out of the knockouts? Who 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 out of the projected knockouts across all of the brackets? Or the foreseeable brackets, because I don't think Titans, many people see Titans getting out of, you know, knockouts, right? Who coming in from the round of 12 has the best chance of making it past quarters in your guys' eyes? Um, I'm going to nominate the Atlanta Reign. Uh, okay. It seems like they have new players, honeymoon period. Uh, mm. it, uh, they might be picked a little later against a, a weaker team. Maybe they can mm. beat Florida in that, you know, battle for the South there. I think, I think yeah. it kind of comes down to whoever's playing Florida. Um, yeah, that seems the most doable. So it, a little bit comes down to you know, who do they end up getting? Um, I think Rain and Gladiators could both give Florida a run for their money. And Outlaws, Eric, I think that that's your pick is. If they go last to them, I mean, we have seen the outlaws dismantle uh, Florida in the past. So it's not like there's definitely precedence for that happening. So um, I think Florida is definitely the the weak team in the in the upper brackets or the almost certainly upper seeds. Right. Um, Mm. And it's yeah, I think it's even reflected that way. Yeah, they're the fourth seed like. Pretty cut and dry here, um, but I still yeah. think they're I still think they're good enough to beat any of those teams, especially after they've had to prepare for um, those other teams played. You know, the day before, I kind of give a nod if Houston makes it out, and like in a world where they don't necessarily have to play Florida because I think that that is definitely doable. I'd still probably give them like the best odds out of the teams to make it out. Because they can be a little wily, because they can kind of throw something in that's not necessarily expected. We saw that last week against the Valiant, especially on like King's Row, where they kind of went back to their roots on the Junkrat. Like, I don't think Valiant were necessarily expecting that probably got them that win. So is like there could be a world. Not that they cheese a win, but they could throw a curveball in the mix, maybe make a, a match versus Paris a little close than than people might expect. but. 
Yeah, and yeah. Joe, remember back to the earlier conversation, they're also the most desperate team to avoid exactly. that 10th seed in the overall playoffs. So, yeah, if they go all in here, there's a chance like they, in the past uh, tournament, mm. Summer Showdown, they exceed expectations here. So sure. there's hope for Houston there. Most certainly. I, I hope that that doesn't weigh on them, that they're kind of desperate um, because they're not in a good look in terms of, or I would imagine, rather, that they're not um, coming into this the most confident with two pretty um, deep cuts with within these last couple weeks, kind of losing a couple map fives in, in disappointing fashion. Um, to, to have that weigh on you along with the idea that your playoff run is severely impacted, your end of season playoff run kind of weighs on this a little bit. I, I hope that that pushes them rather than like hinders them. Ideally, that is. All right. Let's go on to the semifinals, shall we? Let's go. Semifinals. Shock versus mayhem. Yiska went off script here with mayhem <sighs> over shock. Yeah. Can we? He's certainly drinking. <laughs> it's certainly something. Um, I, I can't quite comprehend this pick. Honestly, I have no reason to bet against the shock. I think in, in any, yeah, in any NA game that is just, I just, I, I, I don't know what factors what could exist for me to go thing. like, yeah, they're, they're at the lower hand upper. They don't have the upper hand here. The only thing that I can see is he's weighing or he's looking at the possibility that Florida kind of abuses their weak Genji pilot, whether that's Tayo, who hasn't necessarily looked amazing when compared to the rest of the top four teams or in a weird light, maybe they play super. Maybe he's just that role player for right now. They, while they integrate Tayo more into the roster, get him more comfortable on the Genji in the meta. They might not even need it come season playoffs because maybe he just goes by the wayside or maybe they come out and do something different. Um, relying more on the double hit scan. Maybe they play the tracer or something we're seeing with Shanghai and Asia. It's tough to kind of. It's tough to to really see, but I think that's the only thing that really jumps out at me that you could like maybe position an argument to say the Florida can like abuse the fact that they don't have a strong Genji player in this meta like they did in the summer showdown or like kind of shock disappointed in the summer showdown because I, I think that's probably like the leading theory is that they weren't necessarily situated for the meta. I think that meta is replicating itself in a, a more weaker sense because I think there are more viable compositions than just like Genji Ash on every map, double shield on every map. Like there is more breadth to that discussion. But if you were to see a Florida Mayhem victory here, I think it might be leveraging Yaki on the Genji over Super and or Tayo on the Genji. It completely disregards people like Stryker, people like Smurf, this backline, like everybody else on that roster is absolutely stellar. Florida has their own like hangups with Chris putting Gangnam Jin on Lucio, not something that he's necessarily known to play. He's not performing poorly on it, but is that the team that you're going to pick over? San Francisco Shock, who have looked 
consistently good pretty much all season. I don't know. That's that's the only just like argument that I can see outside of that. I'm maybe he has some take delay. Maybe he's got some juice that we don't have. Who knows? Like it. This one seems out of left field to me. Yeah, I don't agree completely. Yeah. And that's why he's not here to defend it, right? Yeah, I know. Exactly. I think he, he I think he's Loki did it because he these. wouldn't have to defend it here. And then if he does get it right, he can he's just gonna jaw about it for weeks. Mm. That's gonna be the worst. Oh. Don't sub on those weeks, guys. Um <laughs> sub sub on these weeks. Um let's mm. go to uh Philly versus Paris. And uh apparently I'm the only person who this one's tough. Has, has, this one was hard. Has no reason to doubt Paris as being uh, better than Philly here. But you guys you guys went with Philly. They are the lower-seeded team. Tell me sure. why. I think it's a lot to do. I won't necessarily speak for Eric, but I think this has a lot to do with like recent performance and like they look the one really map they lost strong. against Washington or just the Washington one in general. More more Philly, like dominance over Valiant in like the, the meta that they will be playing rather than like in hero pools. And I don't necessarily completely hand away like hand wave away the gladiators like close match, because again, it's gladiators, you shouldn't be really taking them close, but that doesn't weigh them down more than the meta that they're supposed to be playing for extra wins. And you run over Dallas convincingly, as you should. You run over Valiant convincingly, as you should. That feels strong, whereas Paris, dropping maps to justice. Not something that inspires a lot of faith. Not something that worries me. A I think this match is incredibly close. A map to justice. That's a map to justice. Philly not losing maps to Dallas and I, and I think or Valiant. Control. We've 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 talked about control. There's a feeling around control, but we've we've looked at the math. It don't check out. So and I, yeah. that's where my head's at, at least. Oh, that's fair. I think if you look, you throw away the stats, put them aside for now. Uh, you look at the historical narrative for Philly this season. It's like the the first sermon, the May melee. Mm. They went out in the uh, was the semifinals. Was that was the quarterfinals? Let's see. Remember. Yeah, I think it was quarters. They lost to uh, Florida. That's right. And then the next, they went to the finals against Paris and uh, lost. And this is uh, the culmination. Or I'm sorry. Of the they, narrative. For Philly, they lost to Florida in the semis. Then they lose to the finals. I guess now kind they of get titled. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's that's kind of yeah. That's not not the narrative I was tracking, but definitely an interesting one that they've kind of like slowly progressed across the season. And if they continue to inch their way up the bracket, they should, uh, they should walk away with the title here. At least in, in, in Eric's mind and Eric's picturesque scenario. I feel like I've been watching a totally different Paris mm. Eternal, I guess. I don't know, like drop literally dropping one map against justice, which I think is more to say for justice. I think justice performed well in that map much more than mm. uh, it was like Philly dropping the ball and, and uh, vastly underperforming. I think we saw a shimmer of what is going to allow justice to beat Dallas before they handily lose to the shock the next day. Um, I, I just don't, I don't understand the reason to look at like, Fusion were not 
viewed as even a, a real competitor to win Summer Showdown. Look at any of our brackets. It was They were not on sure. the radar for us to do so. And they, yeah. you know, again, they... Overperformed. Played really well. They It's tough, though, because they've kept it going. And they've played really well, honestly, mm-hmm. really consistently. Um, but they had, like, almost two months of just playing bad teams. So I think we just didn't quite see it until we started seeing the Valiant, the Shock, the Fusion, and, and Showdown. We started seeing those um, matches. I think when they went 0-3 against Shock, I think people kind of erased any of those wins against good teams and like, okay, you got to start over again. And then it's like this, this weird, like impossible to climb staircase. And so I'm uh, I don't know, man, I think uh, Paris have shown their flexibility. I think that they've been arguably the clean. Now they haven't had the toughest schedule this past month. I will say that, (laughs) but Mm -hmm. they've had arguably the cleanest last month. With three three O's yeah. and a three one. And I mean it's fair. I don't know. Like I just I guess I, I can't quite um I like as much as I hate going against Christopher here, I'm kind of <laughs> I'm kind of on the I think I'm kind of on the eternal bandwagon a little bit here until they give me a reason not to be. A pick I don't think anybody would be mad at. Um, this is literally a game of inches at that point with Philly. Like top four is tough. Um, Florida mayhem shock is feels a little bit more decisive just because of how strong shock can be. And Florida's position is like a gatekeeper team. But that bottom half of the semifinals, Paris Eternal Fusion, that feels like a fifty fifty. Like that, you are you are really like. It it's doesn't close. get I'm, any closer than this. I'm, I think it does, but I, I put it okay. 55 to 58 mm. on them. Yeah, this is close. Like it's not, yeah, I'm, I'm not putting anything them. with a six, but 56? I do, I do think that they have a, a, a good <laughs> starting with a six. Um, <laughs> I, I, but I do think that they have an edge and I think it's a meaningful enough yeah, edge for me to go. Fair. It's not a coin flip. Perfectly. Um, I think that's justifiable. Yeah. Let's go to the finals. And uh, apparently. Florida I, Mayhem. Philly Fusion. I forgot to uh, um, I forgot to put the the icons here. So yeah, four different champs. I can guess which is which, though. All right. So um, Joe mm. says Fusion. Yes. I say shock. Yiska says fusion, duh, against the mayhem. And then, mm-hmm. uh, dang, Eric goes to fusion as well. I'm, how am I in the, uh, I quit. I quit. It's a tough call. If, if they can beat Paris, I think you could probably position them to beat anybody. Um, I, again, I don't think that match is cl- like, it's it's it is close rather but it's not decisive either way like that feels like another coin flip that they have to win and that's tough but if you're going to beat paris you come into this with it feels vapid to say but you come into it with momentum you look strong san francisco had to beat up on florida the match before i don't know i like them why do you why do you take shock oh it's a shock 
Ah, uh, Eric, why do you take uh, why why are you taking Philly on this one? I think I explained a little before the narrative of them getting that crown at this this tournament here, uh, just uh, kind of evolving over the season and uh, taking this title. I think it's exciting. I think uh, I, I also think Paris is very close. I mean, that is always yeah. a quality matchup throughout the season, and this is an exciting this tournament. I think the final fours we picked are uh, very much what we should expect in the season-long finals, uh, the final mm. four. So these are exciting teams, and they're very evenly matched. We disagree who's going forward, and I think it's good that we have this kind of parity in yeah. the top four. Oh, I, I'd probably... I wouldn't dislike it if it was completely stratified. We're just like, oh, Shock just wins everything. Like, sweet deal. Like, last season, at least we had, like, a rivalry between, like, Titans and Shock, and they kind of battled and a little bit of Shanghai here and there, but... This season, it feels like there's three teams. Granted, Philly still hasn't had their time, but I think now that they will, I think this is their their chance to kind of push through. They look damn good last week. Very confident, very strong. Uh, I think Ivy's really come into his own again, kind of playing over EQO, who had a fantastic summer showdown. Um, yeah, I, I like I like how they're positioned. I like Hisu on the Sombra. I think that they're out of all the teams. They feel like the most full. They can kind of play both sides of the coin where they can play the double shield. They don't necessarily feel all that weak on on dive maps. They've shown a little bit of creativity on these dive maps like Gibraltar. I don't know. I I, I, I like them. I like them this season. I um, it's I think the biggest travesty of this year is that we've only seen shock fusion once. Yeah, I'd like to see that more just to have like a better idea of it. Like, I, it, I hope that's the finals. Because it is the the only time that we've seen them play was back in June, mm. and uh, they were blown out by the shock. By the way, uh, and pretty handily. So what well, matter was that? Um, no hero pool. When was this? Uh, week three of Summer Showdown. Oh, okay. it's ANS on Ilios killing everything. Yeah, 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 yeah. Big over fifty fifty six percent game, which. Again, no no credit taken away there. Like that's that's some that's some poundage. Um, they do play one more time in the regular season, so you're guaranteed at least one more matchup uh, without the playoffs. And again, to John's credit, like we have seen Widow come back into favor with with the hero pool removed. Like, can Bonds kind of pop off? Give us another maybe a fifty seven percent. Like, I'm I'm interested into seeing that. Like, I don't care either way. I I mean, I obviously picked the fusion. I'm not like hard and fast on that like oh i'm just gonna bang the drum i want to see ons kind of pop off i'd like to see fusion be able to beat that but the shocker that talented like you can have those performances and just get get pounded on so we will we'll have to see i think there is a little bit of a gut like i even said i so i went through uh the bracket right after joe sent me his yesterday Mm. and i literally went through in like three minutes and i filled out my bracket i'm like here's my gut bracket I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to yeah. revisit it later. And I went through it again, spent about an hour or so on it, just kind of thinking through and looking at things in the past. And um, the only thing I changed was the, the Dallas-Washington result. Um, everything else hmm. stayed the same on it. So like, this, is, just... this is like a really, like, this is a real gut bracket month. And I think there's, there's a lot of just like, as we're talking through this all here, there's a lot of like, yeah, you're right. That's a good yeah. point. But I just, you know, I, it's tough. I don't feel that way. <laughs> like, and it's yep. one of those months where 
there's a lot of I don't really I just don't feel that way. It's close. So it's very close. A lot of these matches, like you've really got to reach to kind of like justify your argument where it's like, yeah, the justice might have a chance. Paris fusion. Either teams can go that way. Shock mayhem. I guess if you're Yiska, you think Yaki's Genji just trumps the rest of the roster. I'll bully him because he's not here. I think that's cooked, but whatever. Um, Shock Paris again, like that final either way. Maybe if Florida somehow gets there again, maybe that'll be close. It's tough to kind of like foresee a Florida team look that dominant that it's going to be, you know, a close match against a Paris or a fusion. But there's a lot of matches that are like. Okay, I feel this way, but how do I how do I argue it the best way I can? It you you're 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 grasping at straws again. Like it's it's a lot of morale, it's a lot of momentum, it's a lot of like meta position. Like it it if if we're gonna be honest, it's whoever shows up on the day, whoever's better. Because again, like a lot of these are feel like coin flips. They might not be coin flips in our mind, one way or the other. But if if Fusion just shows up on the day they eat their Cheerios, maybe they win. Paris the same way, Shock the same way. I don't know about Florida, but at least that's a lot of that's a. There's something else in those Cheerios if they uh, make it happen. The CEO. Oh, oh certainly. See, yeah, CEO alarm coming in. Got the juice. Quite literally. I don't know. We'll have to see. I'm excited. I think this is. Um, I I probably would agree with with Platchat. This is probably the most uh, fun bracket because we don't have like a weird like semifinal match. It's just like oh, all the finals are kind of like boring now. Granted, Summer Shutdown was super good, but I don't think anybody kind of like really saw that one coming. Mm-hmm. This one's like, okay, every, if things go the way that we expect them to, which probably won't, I think there's probably bound to be an upset. But if quarterfinals at least go how we expect them to, like we're in for a show. There are, it's really good because we used to discuss this quite a bit earlier on in the season. It was like, there's really one and a half to two quote unquote good teams in NA. It was the San Francisco Shock. Yep. And Philly, when they didn't throw um, mm. or didn't look just really bad and like you really started to doubt um, how good they were. And now sure. you have uh, four really competitive teams right now. And you could like argue that um, that the lowest of the four, that fourth team is about a three way uh, tie, depending on the meta in the week between like mm. three other teams that could slide in at any point. So there's some real there's some real upset potential in NA that I don't think that we've had in the past. Um, you know, you've got your shock, you've got your fusion. Um, and then you've got, I, I'd say Paris um, is, I think a lock there, but then I think the mayhem oh, is that, is that, that wild 14? card fourth one. That's kind of like they're there now, but a really strong performance from valiant or a really strong performance from gladiators. Like all of a sudden they're like up there and they, it's, it's a very dynamic fourth seed. And I think that there's mm. two, two teams for sure. I'm, I'm, I don't think I'm thinking, um, who's my third team. Um, yeah. Uh, three, uh, oh, glad yeah. it's Atlanta, Atlanta. Maybe? Um, like there's three teams there that could uh, honestly steal, steal one from Florida. I think on, on any day of the week, honestly. So. Yeah, if you give them like the the choice pick of a meta coming into some of their their makeup games, yeah, I think I think you could definitely argue um, that maybe Atlanta squeaks in. Maybe it's a slower meta, a little bit more pokey, 
could slot in. I think Valiant uh, probably needs double hit scan. Granted, I think KSF had a great performance last week. I just don't know how consistent he's going to be um, across the board. And I don't necessarily see apply coming in to, to really pop off. Uh, Glads have underlying potential. I just don't know exactly why they can't get there. Um, yep. Maybe the Countdown Cup gets them there. Maybe the makeup games get them there. And yeah, maybe they unseat Florida. Like all doable, I think varying degrees. But yeah, I don't hate that. Let's go to Asia. We don't have a ton of time to go through Asia, but I want to at least go through the bracket. Um, and we're going to do that after I put the timestamp down. For you YouTuber uh, viewers, you're welcome. Um, yeah, let's take a look at this. Asia bracket. Boom. So um, Shanghai has a buy. What else, what else is new? <laughs> what, what else is new? Not so, even figuratively. They just have a buy. Um, match number um, one is going to be NYXL versus Guangzhou. Mm. All four of us agree. Guangzhou. Yes. I dissent. You do? Yes. Uh, I took New oh, York Yeah, you here. did take uh, NYXL. Yeah, you're right. Sorry. I, um... Oh. I glanced no problem. Over. Market has it 60-40 in favor of Guangzhou. Uh, though, as I okay. mentioned at the beginning of the show, the playoff race, New York has a much more desperate situation. Uh, and so I, I went with that. Uh, and generally, uh, the part of my... The theme of my Asia bracket is mm. kind of um, how you might build a NCAA bracket in an office pool or uh, an NFL confidence picks. Generally, you kind of want to have some team that is a dark horse if it's a large population in that pool and take them a little further. You might take a lower seed in the NCAA tournament to advance just to win a a large pool. So that was my theme in my Asia bracket. I took New York uh, even further uh, just based on desperation, and I happen to be in New York. So let's do it. Got to go for the home team. That's very fair. Um, to that point with like the uh, would that be like March Madness kind of yeah, like sure. bracket pools? OK, so the idea is to like maximize the the winnings. So like, yeah, you pick and a dark horse outside pick. You get to, you know, earn most of the pot. Maybe you have to split it to somebody else who was, you know, drink day drinking on, on that Wednesday. That's kind of like the idea. Yeah, the idea is let's say you go to uh, you enter an NCAA with uh, Duke, a lot of Duke fans, mm, right? You okay. work with a lot of people from that college. They're all going to bet Duke for the title, right? Uh, the smart choice there is probably bet against Duke, uh, bet against mm. a heavy favorite, a public favorite, right? So okay. uh, 90% of the pool might take Duke, but the betting market odds might imply 80%. So kind of shy away, shy, shade away from that and hope your, your 20% hits to get the big number and, and, and have a better chance at winning that office pool. That's what I get with the Asia bracket. Uh, you'll see, I'm going to spoil it right now. I'm taking New York all the way uh, to uh, to be a surprise because I think most people... How far is all the way, way, Eric? You can't just do that to me. I think most people would pick uh, against New York coming out of that. No, oh, most certainly. But like, well, we won't... I. I I won't completely jump ahead, but does this like the DPS lineup worry you at all? Is is Nene's absence worry you? Libero, God bless him, tries his hardest, but 
definitely not the same caliber. Does that concern you at all against Guangzhou? Well, I, I look at Hoxel and you saw his like uh, Captain Planet had his numbers is uh, mm. near the top, one of the best in that season one. And I don't think sure. uh, that's changed too much. I think he's a very top tier DPS. Uh, Nene, uh, arguably very good also. Uh, I don't really have a problem with her DPS line. Personally, maybe a tank concern or a support concern. Mm. Uh, not as strong as in the past, but uh, okay. I, I believe desperate times call for desperate measures, and I'm taking the home team. Pushes them. That's fair. Take it. I will take it. Yeah, I think charge. I think over the course of these last few weeks, they feel a little bit more consistent. They feel mm. a little bit more set. It's a more. It's more of a safe pick. I know what I'm going to get with the charge and I like that across the board. Then New York's like flash with Nene that like they look great. And then the next week they like rotate and it's like, okay, I don't know who's coming in. I don't know which New York is going to show up come countdown cup. So it's tough for me to give them any vote of confidence. So that's basically why I pick charge. Um, let's go. Let's go on to the next one here. This is mm. one that I am not confident okay we're all on spark for this one in spark versus dynasty we're all going spark here totally agree with you guys i no soul magic coming for me in the playoffs this month um it's just not their month they just aren't we're just not clicking nothing, That's right. nothing in the gut well again, there's there's uh, I would have picked uh, the Soul Dynasty if I knew all three of you picking Spark, but since I didn't know, <laughs> guess it's, Spark. A, it's okay to agree. It's okay to agree. That's on true. One. That's very true. I think there there is a part of me that still believes in playoff Soul that for whatever reason they seem to overperform. Um, I I am still not confident in Spark. I, I this is another one of those kind of NA matches where it's like. I'm not mad if it goes either way. I kind of want to see how close it is because I'm kind of hoping for like a good close game. Maybe not the best Overwatch, but something that's going to be entertaining. Um, I think this is the game to probably watch. Um, it's tough to not give it to Spark off off this these last couple weeks. Souls last couple weeks, granted, probably against a, a tougher schedule, but but Spark look a little bit more clean. So let's... market has a sixty forty for Spark, by the way. Mm. Yeah. Say so. Yeah, I think I might even go a little bit higher on the gut. I give it an extra five percent for the gut. The gut check. I'll take it. Uh, <laughs> and then lastly, this is not conclusive in the London Spitfire versus Chengdu. And here it is. The year is twenty twenty. Chengdu Bob has gone by the wayside. He's dead. He's dead. We took him out back. Actually, he's not he's not dead. He has uh, hermited himself in the okay. great woods of Alaska. He's he's long gone. Mm. And so this uh, this young German man goes searching for the real Chengdu Bob mm. searching far and wide. Finds him mm. and has been anointed the new Chengdu Bob. Uh, Yiska goes Chengdu over London Spitfire in the quarterfinals. The rest of us have the London Spitfire. Again, some sort of weird, bizarro world 
like John saying, where he's now crowned like the Chengdu believer. Yeah, sip the juice. Like, got it. I, it, you haven't seen him play. I struggled to see any kind of juice that positions them higher than London, who have played, have looked good. Um, maybe the fact that this is their last game puts them over the edge. I don't know. I, I think most people, especially most teams in Asia, have kind of adapted to the dive style. I don't think that Hunters is really going to surprise all that much if they kind of position themselves on the ball, if they position on Winston, like, cool, you're just kind of playing into the meta. It's the problem that you've had all season. I don't I don't see the cheese potential here. I don't I don't I don't see it. You haven't seen it either. So I don't get why you're picking this. This feels like a mayhem pick. Like it's worse than this is. Pick. You could, <laughs> you could argue that. I don't know. I would Florida see. upsetting shock would, to me, feels a little bit more egregious. But Parker agrees with uh, Yiska. It's fifty five forty five. I just don't. I like the storyline yeah. of London here. That's fair. I I think London again. I don't think London's been all that bad. I think Chengdu hasn't even played. I think that was the big narrative coming into this these la this last week, particularly. What is Chengdu going to do with the, the removal of this hero pool? Again, Asia's been very dive heavy. So they're not going to kind of surprise them. I don't, I don't see the impact of like trying to throw them a new archetype or a new style and then having to adapt to playing against that with double shield. Right? Like I, I think London will do good as long as they don't have their head up their rear with Glister. I don't know. I don't see it. I don't see it. So there is, uh, there's, there's more matches and things um, to discuss, but we don't, it's, it's Asia. So nobody agrees on anything. And it's like, uh, and it gets, it gets far too stratified to try to like break down. Uh, mm. But there is one very interest. Well, two very interesting picks here. Uh, the first one is Eric you had NYXL beating Guangzhou. So they go up against Shanghai. And you decided, consciously of your own will, to choose NYXL over the Shanghai Dragons. I need to know more about that. Sure. I think I talked about it, um, about taking the underdog here. Um, it definitely, I think they're a public underdog. And uh, the odds, I, don't, I think, uh, are going to be a greater public underdog than the odds underdog. Uh, I'm just riding with New York. Uh, they're desperate for these wins to challenge for that two seed. Uh, they have a talent, top tier talent in Hoxall. I, I believe in them. Sure. And uh, they, uh, I don't think there's much stopping them. Uh, Shanghai, do, do they really have the motivation to, to win this tournament? Uh, obviously, they're pretty much locked into the number one Asia seed. Very close to, to the number one overall seed. Uh, so, uh, I, as a, a motivation angle, I'm going with New York. And I think mm. they're going to. I'll ride with that in my bracket. It would be very poetic for uh, NYXL to sandbag the entire season and then in the fourth quarter start playing really well. I hate that that still is like... It's because people like me can... perpetuate it. No, it's, it's not, though, because it's... Why in the blue hell is who are you playing throughout the majority? Not the majority, but like is still resurfacing after just being replaced, right? Especially in a Genji meta. Um, I guess you could argue it. Putting Hawks all on Brig, that's fine. 
And then you've got Nene kind of subbing in and out. And then you've got Libero coming in. It's like, I think the logical way to look at that is to say, hey, maybe they're just trying to field as many people on the roster, keep them warm, you know, not take this these matches super seriously because, again, they don't mean anything. What matters is they're, they're running the Countdown Cup. So, like, it, you could make an argument. I wouldn't, but you could say that, again, you can kind of perpetuate this idea of sandbagging, and it's like, it's so frustrating because it's, it's like... You want them to be good. They have all the pieces to be good. They just like, for whatever reason, whether it's actively or inactively, maybe for, you know, extracurricular reasons, they're, they're not performing up to, up to, you know, par, but it's just frustrating. So you kind of like want to still believe in them. You want to believe that they're like trying to big brain the system and say, hey, look, we're trying to better integrate. Who are you? We're trying to, you know, give Libero some play time to prove himself. You know, we're giving Nene a break so that we can save him for the countdown cup. Like, there are a lot of like these little like pathways that you can take to kind of arrive back where we did in season one, where it's just like, ah, New York, we we don't need to worry about this. We're just going to, you know, uh, load manage and we'll see in playoffs. We'll see uh, when it matters, because right now, again, it doesn't affect our standing. So why bother? It's frustrating, I but I could see it. It's it's not it's not completely crazy. I don't think. So all of us do have whoever wins the top of the bracket wins Asia um, in this one. So uh, Eric has NYXL. The rest of us have Shanghai. And that's your that's your Asia bracket. There you go. You're welcome for free. For free. For free. This is fun. (laughs) Just real quick. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. uh, Joe, who do you have in the semifinals? Because they get a bonus win on the the, the weaker side. I had London uh, taking that that side. Let me double check. Joe has a lot of B real. Spark. Yeah, I have Spark. I have London. Yiska has Spark over Chengdu. And then you have London as well. And as a reminder, that this uh, semifinals bonus win is pretty important in that mm. race for Asia's f- uh, final seeding s- season playoffs to avoid that sixth seed. So, hmm. okay, well, yeah, we'll have to give them stakes. We'll that. Give them stakes. Let's go. Yes, finally. Thank again. Credit where credits due. I- I'll praise the league when I can, and I think the the stake adding with the the tournament series has been fantastic. So. Yeah, I'm I'm happy about it. Well, it should we should get some good games because of it? I think. Yeah. Did you? Did did I just? Did you just stop a sentence in the middle of a sentence, or did? Am I? No, just I don't think so. No. Huh. Well, this stroke brought to you by our patron producers. <laughs> Battlecraft Pin Lotion, Charlie L Audio, Compass, Porkchop, Sammy, Kosh67, Kushi, Kopi, Sharp, uh, Shara, Nathan, Your Misery, Hunter Tain, Refine Bean, Rex Zane, Roger B, Fable Steven Owen, Chris R34444, Yiska's four, holding me hostage, please send help. I'm under Yiska's desk, please send help. And Yiska says, Frishers, Frisha, 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 Fish. Uh, thanks so much for supporting the show. If you like the show, go to patreon.com slash tactical crouch. Eric, thank you so much for being on the show today with us, man. It was a ton of fun. Loved you. your expertise. Um, I know you got you definitely got our wheels turning on different ways to think about the game, different storylines that we haven't really been tracking. I know that I definitely haven't been doing my due diligence on some of the 
end of season implications of these matches and tournaments. So appreciate you a ton, man. Um, anything you want to shout out uh, before we get out of here? Uh, one thing, uh, executive patron, was it uh, Will the Real Chengdu Bob please stand up? Is that, uh, is that missed? I was in 123 last episode. Oh, I might have missed it. Um, or I, I checked, I thought I checked Patreon and it wasn't there. Um, but oh, I, I can no. double check. Is that you? Okay. Oh, no, it's not. Uh, <laughs> I just wanted to, uh, you can uh, find me on Yiscord, uh, the Discord held by Yiska. Uh, we are there on weekends watching the Overwatch League games. Uh, we chat about a bunch of this stuff. And uh, it's been a pleasure. I love talking these numbers and giving you a broader picture of what the final season playoffs would be like. So it was a great opportunity to do that. Thank you for the opportunity. Absolutely. Thanks for coming on. Come back anytime. Yes. Joe, we got some um, we got some subs. Yeah, we've got fire element underscore or fire underscore element. Thank you. Regular of the show. Quite uh, quite the regular. This, you know, in the weekend kind of wash party. So thank you for not only kind of showing up and, and chatting and hanging out, but, uh, you know, supporting the show. And then we've got the MFG feeling jazzy pork chop Sammy. Another name I, I recognize. We've got Moirai OW. Not sure who that is. And uh, Captain M. Kirk. Thank you all for uh, supporting the show. And Peggy. Well, it's, that it's Peggy. might be a hint on who Moirai OW is. Um, yeah. Thank you guys for supporting the show. And if, you know, COVID has, you know, the wallet a little tight, you can always go on iTunes, leave a five-star review. We'll both shout you on the show and help support, you know, this, the discoverability of the podcast and you know, helps out a ton. So. Just a couple ways you can support. And thank you if you choose to. Yep. Um, absolutely. Uh, Joe, what about uh, shout-outs for the week? Where can people find you? What's going on? Yeah, at the socials everywhere. All the usual places. Um, after this, got to go write some things about Alarm. Got to go hype the boy up. Mr. CEO himself. And uh, yeah, and then uh, I think tomorrow we're tackling a fun historical nod which i think i spoiled last week or rather last show so check that out if you want more info so yeah sweet nothing crazy um as for me you can find me everywhere at kick tripod twitch uh twitter and hopefully youtube soon um still haven't gotten that custom url uh, url thing figured out but um We'll figure it out and get it going. Thanks, everybody, for hanging out. Uh, thank you to everybody who tuned in live. And we will see y'all Friday for Spike Drop. Otherwise, we'll see you um, Monday uh, for some post-countdown uh, cut conversations. Sweet. Be fun. Bye, chat. Thanks for being here. See you next time. Bye.